0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Hi and welcome to One with Megan back. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel, and as well as Loving Wine, I'm a massive foodie, so I'm really excited about the guest we have having today in Meg's absence. Welcome, Clint Fox from Pick a Group.
1: Hi, Mel. It's good to be here. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us. Normally, when I have Meg on board, she starts by telling us what wine she's been drinking lately. So have you been drinking anything interesting?
1: I uh, have been. Look, they recently opened up a 2012 Marc Brediff Vouvray. Yeah, so Vouvray from the Loire Valley, um, beautiful Chenin Blanc, 100% Chenin Blanc, really textured, lovely quince notes. It was delicious. A little bit of age there just sort of helps everything meld together.
0: Okay, so I have to ask you, you're obviously, you're in the wine game, you've got access to some good stuff. Is this something people can buy at like their average dance or?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Vouvray is a a pretty common uh, that you'll find in your sort of larger retail stores. Um, The boutique guys might carry a few Uh, smaller producers, but yeah, I think it's a fairly common wine you can find. You're sort of looking around that $35 mark for a nice Mm. bottle of Vuvray.
0: All right, Vuvray, well, that's one to put on your list for this weekend. And I I threw you a weird one this week. How'd you prepare? Do you have a fun fact for us?
1: I do. So we all kind of know the red wine is reasonably good for us with the antioxidants. There's actually been a study done by Iowa State University, 10-year study, so it's got a little bit of credibility. Um, Apparently, if you drink a glass of wine and eat cheese with it, uh, it improves your cognitive function. Uh, it improves your score through something called the uh, the fluid intelligence test. <laughs> so uh, listeners out there, what you got to do, glass of red wine and cheese every night and you'll be uh, a lot smarter for it.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm not looking any further into that study and validity because I'm just going to blindly <laughs> believe that. That sounds amazing. And I'm going to adapt that into my lifestyle straight away.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything in moderation they say, but yeah, go for it.
0: Okay, well, let's get into it. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because I think people are scared enough about wine as it is, right? It it can be pretty pretentious and people don't really know what to do with it, but particularly in a restaurant setting when you have fancy people around, very fancy sommeliers who you're scared are going to be uh, judging you, is where it gets even harder. So we're going to go into that. But firstly, tell us about you. How did you get into wine in the first place?
1: Look, I kind of stumbled into wine. I'd always really liked it. Uh, My parents drank wine at home and I learned a little bit of it that way. But to be honest, I just got back from traveling for a year and a half. Didn't really know what I was going to be doing. And a friend came over and was like, you know, I'm quitting my job in a restaurant. Why don't you, you... you take my job yeah. and I'm like you know what that sounds good yeah. so I started there um asked lots of questions there was a good training program there and I was really lucky that I worked with a, a guy called Marcus Ellis from the Melbourne Wine Room yeah um who's really happy to take me under his wing taught me mm. so much about the wine game um and then I just started studying and got into it that way um bit more study. Uh, what did you study? I did my Wesset.
0: Cool. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah.
1: went through the Wesset route um, and came out started working um, as a SOM in Melbourne and sort of moved through the ranks that way.
0: Wow and can you tell us a bit about what your job involves now?
1: I am the group beverage director so I'm in charge of overseeing all the beverage in, in all the venues. Uh, we do have people in those venues uh, working with the wine but I sort of use my experience I guess to sort of help guide them, um, work on the wine list with them. We work yeah. on service uh and training and sort of trying to get the best wine out there uh, into all the venues awesome
0: now thinking about all these wine lists that you're making what what's your approach there's so many wines out there
1: yeah there is and i guess it depends on the venue we try and keep everything specific to tailor to that particular res- restaurant um the first thing is we, we just try and find delicious wine at the end of the day.
0: Um, that's so nice to hear. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's a, lot of, there's a lot of good wine out there, but yeah. there's a lot of average wine out yeah. there too. So I think the the key is that if it's on one of our lists, yeah. um, it's already got this, this tick of approval. Okay. So I think for for guests walking into a restaurant, it's not so much about finding a nice wine to drink. It's yeah. about finding something that's going to suit their occasion yeah. or just suit what they're after. Sometimes they're after something that they've never had before or just something that, you know, is going to drink really, really well.
0: Yeah. Okay, so think about if you put yourself in the shoes of a guest that you have in here, knowing that it can be a bit nerve wracking to find the right bottle. What are some things you would suggest to find the right wine for a group?
1: Yeah, sure. Look, I know it can be a bit daunting sometimes coming in uh, to a nice restaurant. There could be a really big list or a really small list. They're both really hard to navigate sometimes. Mm. I think that old sort of you know the sommelier is a a very important person, and you know they know so much (laughs) about wine, and you know don't ask them questions because you you might get something wrong. I think those days are gone. I think our approach really is like come and have a chat to us. We love talking about wine at the end of the day. Um, We've tasted everything on the list. So we really just want to to give you the best bottle we can. And it doesn't matter about if it's at the $60 end or the $160 end. um, It's all good wine. And we we just want you to find something that's going to work and and drink really, really well for you.
0: And when you think about the people that come in here, how many people – just choose a wine off the list versus having a good chat to the song.
1: Oh, it's kind of 50-50. Some people feel really comfortable in saying, you know, I've got $60 to spend tonight, what Mm. have you got that's good? Some people are really shy about it and, you know, we do try and have a chat about not necessarily about wine to start and just sort of figure out, you know, what their budget is what their okay. drinking habits are like and you know it'd be great if people walked in and just sort of said you know tonight it's midweek I'm, I'm just want something clean and fresh and bright yeah or you know just you know this is my price range this is what i like to drink at home yeah and this is what i'm looking for but i think we kind of generally get that information out of it in a nice okay. easy way but i'd have to say like asking questions is what we love people okay. people that want to learn something about wine whether it's you know just something about pinot grigio or you know yeah. versus pinot gris or they want to learn so. Inc- but you know know, the method champenoir about sparkling wine. It's, you know, it it doesn't really matter. We just love talking about wine.
0: Okay. Well, that's awesome. And I think that's something that we're always talking about on here is like, just ask the question. It can be so confronting and you can feel a bit silly or whatever, but ask the question. And honestly, if you're at a good place, um, you're probably just going to encounter someone who really loves speaking about it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's why we got into this job is because we love drinking wine. We do it a lot, (laughs) Um, but but, you know, we, we love learning about wine and we, we delve pretty deep into yep. some of the wines that we have to find the backstory and to find out what happened that year with the grower and why they made certain decisions so yep. you know we'd love to share that experience and, and knowledge with you or you know if you don't want to know it that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: True. Okay so say that this group that has come in they've, they've chosen a wine you go out the back and you get this wine. you bring it out and the dreaded taste and everyone looks at each other like, ah, who yes. is going to do this taste mm. of the wine? Can you tell us about what the purpose of this is?
1: Yes, yeah, sure. Look, it Traditionally, it was more about checking for cork taint and, and corked wines because everything did have a cork, so it was important that someone checked the wine uh, beforehand. Now we sort of moved into screw caps, so it's a little bit more of that ceremony uh, mm. sort of thing. Um, some people love doing it; some people hate doing it. it it's okay <laughs> if you don't want to taste the wine. Yeah, um, I would say if it is under cork, it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, what you're looking for is sort of that real wet cardboardy sort of a smell uh, coming from the wine. Look, if the, if the wine smells a little bit funny. Um, just ask someone to check it for you. Just, you just sort okay. of say, look, I'm, I'm not really sure about this wine. It looks a bit funny. Yeah. Do you mind having a look for me?
0: What if someone just doesn't like it?
1: Yeah, I know that's a bit of a tough one because yeah. you know occasionally we sort of have someone go, oh, I don't really like this wine, and if it's something we've suggested, yes. I, we, we sort of say, oh, look, that's okay, we'll take it back and we'll try okay. it and you know use it for staff training or sell it by the glass, something like that. If it's if it's just because it's you know something that you don't like and yes. you picked it yourself, look, we will take it back. Um, We we don't like to all the time because that could be a costly experience. But (laughs) at the end of the day, we want you to have the experience that you want to have. So if you don't like that wine, we'll probably try and guide you into something that's – a little bit safer and a little bit more easy drinking. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, we want you to drink something nice.
0: Awesome. Okay. So, going back to this wine list, I know that, um, oh, there's like the, a lot of jokes and things out there that people always choose the second cheapest <laughs> bottle. Is this true in your experience?
1: Look, it is a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, I Definitely, you sort of see people run their finger down, go to the lowest, and then they find the next one and yeah. like, that's the bottle of wine for me tonight. It's, it's I don't know, funny. it's just a, a mental thing that people have. You know, yeah. They're not being cheap. Um, you know they're getting we do structure our wine list a little bit around that I always oh
0: totally that was my follow-up question I (laughs) was like do you what do you do what do you put there
1: well again it goes back to trying to give someone a good experience so we sort of I kind of aim to have something like if it was a Shiraz for example yeah a nice sort of juicy fruit forward Shiraz soft round tannins yeah Um, so people will get a really rewarding bottle and you know they might not want to talk to the Somme about wine and they feel comfortable in doing it that way then they're going to get something nice at the end of the day.
0: Okay. Well, that's that's good to hear. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, are you going to like put up the cost or something on Look, a bottle? Look, I've heard, it,
1: I heard some people have done that in the past yeah. because people go to that. They're that's like, well, the I'll thing. put a, my cheapest bottle of wine there and I'll make the most money. But yeah. no, again, it's just, it's getting someone to drink something good.
0: Okay. Well, because all of your venues or most of your venues are fine dining, um, I'm actually interested in some of the other practices that sommeliers do um, or can do so have you seen some that documentary about what like the master psalms yes, yes. have to do and like you have to pour exactly the same amount into each glass and stuff like that <laughs> are there some tricks of the trade that soms have to learn to be able to serve at this level
1: look pouring into a glass the same all the time that is a thing because yeah. we, we don't have marks on our glasses oh. so we have to pour the same amount into everyone's glass we, we don't want to overpour yeah, we don't want underpour, yeah. um, and you know, someone might be driving, so you don't want to pour, you oh know, my might gosh. be canning their drink. So it is, it is important that, that everyone does get the same amount.
0: Yeah.
1: As far as wine tricks, um, I guess what, what we'll do is we, we will check every bottle of wine before it goes to a table. Okay. We don't want a faulty wine going. It might be slightly oxidised. Yeah. You know, there is bottle variation between bottles, so we don't want those bad bottles going to a table. Yep. Um, we need to check to see if the bottle needs to be decanted as well. Um, okay, it is important sometimes you know it might be the same wine that I opened last night, but this bottle needs to be decanted rather than the last one. Wow, um, it just might need a little bit more oxygen quickly than, than it did last night. so it's making those little decisions that affect the wine yeah. um, before it gets to the table.
0: So you're obviously a professional who's been doing this for many, many years and very experienced. but what about the, the servers in all of these restaurants? Is everyone got these capabilities?
1: Look, not everyone does. And it's, yeah. and it's not everyone that needs them as well. Yeah. Um, some people are only serving those more entry level styles of wine yeah. um, that don't necessarily need to be looked after in the way that, you know, a higher end Burgundy does or, yeah, or yeah. some Bordeaux. So not everyone needs the skills. And to be honest, not every customer is going to need to see the wine in that that place. But I think from my standpoint is that, you know, we are trying to get the the wine to the customer the best that we can, whether you've got very limited knowledge or you know you've been in the wine game for 20 years it's getting yeah. the best product to you
0: yeah okay cool well we're talking about hospitality it's a awesome industry it's a crazy industry though and I bet you've got some stories up your sleeve have you had some crazy experiences or insane
1: requests not too many insane requests um the, one of the things that I think is a bit weird at the moment is is people are, are checking Vivino apps for the scores oh. uh-huh. and ordering that <gasps> way. I had a table wow. once that, you know, we chatted about wine. I gave them two really good options. They seemed really interested in both of them, fairly inexpensive wines. Then they come back and they're, they're on their phones and they're like, oh, we'll we'll take the this Shiraz, please. And I'm like, oh, okay, you were sort of leaning the other way. And they're like, yeah, the Vivino said that it only got a 3.7, so we're going to go with a 4.1.
0: Wow. What's your thought on that?
1: Well... I think you, you're using a, a small percentage of the population to score a wine, and I don't think it's a very valid scoring system, Yeah. versus someone that's tasted the wine, drinks the wine, has always checked the wine, and has a chat to you about what you specifically want. Yeah. I don't think the app's able to sort of transpose what you're talking about into actually what you want to drink, so... <laughs> It was a little bit frustrating, but at the end, the customer wants what the customer wants.
0: That that I, I just can't believe that people could have someone in front of them with like years of experience and actually be talking to them and trust an app.
1: Over <laughs> I mean, that. people people get to do to order the way wow. they want to order, so that's all right. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it was a bit weird. Okay, <laughs> now you've been in this game for many years. Tell me about the best wine that you've ever drunk.
1: Ah, uh, the. Best, as far as, as awards go, would be probably Domaine Romani Conti. Okay. Um, they're pretty special wines. Yeah. Um, I think if I was to put my favorite wines that I've ever drunk in restaurants, it's going to be under $150. Like, wow. I love premium wines, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I get more excited about finding that that. Well, let's say cheaper bottle of wine that over delivers and you yeah. just get really really excited about it I, you know, awesome. I, I love Chardonnay yeah. uh, at the moment I'm a little bit obsessed with Beechworth um, and so I've just been going through Beechworth and finding those really great producers that are doing such a great job yeah. but they're relatively inexpensive
0: okay yeah. that's really cool now Often, when we look at trans and wine, um, we see them starting in a restaurant rather than out. What people are actually buying in store. So, what is the biggest thing? The biggest new thing that you can see coming in?
1: Well, the biggest new thing is that Sauvignon Blancs dropped off. Uh, uh, well,
0: people <laughs> say before we started recording, it was like, "Thank God, it only took twenty years or something."
1: Yeah, that that one's on the decline, which is good. <laughs> um, I think Italian varietals are definitely on uh, the rise. Uh,
0: Italian, yeah,
1: white wines in particular. I yeah. think the the, the Italian Reds have sort of had a bit of a go in the Australian market. A lot of producers have taken on some, some of the varietals, which is good. But I yeah. think the Italian Whites are really starting to take hold and people are happy to experiment a little bit with grape varieties. I know we get people walking to the restaurants all the time and they're like, you know what, I just want to try something different. Yeah. And that's so exciting because we've got a few little interesting things like the, the Vouvray we talked about earlier, mm. things like Grunewelt Lina. It's such an approachable grape. So good. So delicious too. So, <laughs> so Grunewelt Lina essentially comes from Austin. Austria. Um, It's a really crisp style of wine. Um, If you sort of think about Riesling that was really good friends with Pinot Grigio, that's sort of the wine that we're talking about. It's got lovely minerality, nice acidity, but you're sort of getting those um, white pepper notes and a little bit of that sort of stone fruity and and, and yellow peach. But at the end of the day, it's one of those really delicious wines. And we found putting that in front of people, um, they get really excited about it.
0: And that's a good question, actually. You've got pretty varied wine lists. How much of the time do people end up settling on just a like classic Shiraz or Chardonnay or something versus trying something different?
1: Um, most of the time, I think. I think people are. Mm. Uh get stuck in their ways a yeah. little bit, or they get comfortable, I should yeah. say. It's like, you know, I drink Shiraz and that's, you know, my dad drank Shiraz, so that's yeah. what I drink. But I think that is slowly changing a little bit. I think that people yeah. are becoming a little bit more excited to try new varietals. Um, I know you guys have have grown Gruner uh, in the yard yeah, with yeah. great success. I yeah. mean, do, do you find at Salador that that goes really well?
0: Well, we don't have a Gruner in our Salador. Okay. But we have a Sauvignon and an Arnaise and a Pinot Blanc, actually. Oh. and. They're not big sellers outside of Cellador. However, once you give them to people, they love them and they sell really well in Cellador. So it's like just once people taste them, they they
1: love them yeah and that's the great thing about a salad door is that people can go yeah. in and try it and we kind of have that opportunity in a restaurant with our by the glass list that we yeah. can you know give someone a little bit of a taste in and honestly don't be don't be scared about asking for a taste of something if it's open by the glass I think most restaurants are more than happy to give you a taste in, and it's a good way to see if you're gonna like something yeah. you've never tried before
0: that's a really good tip so, thinking about different things that maybe we've never tried before, I'm dying to get your opinion on natural wine. This whole natural wine trend <sighs> is such a big thing. Hipsters everywhere are just, like, condemning traditional wine. <laughs> Where do you stand on this?
1: Look, it's interesting because I'm actually writing a wine list for one of our new venues at the moment that's on Smith Street, so mm-hmm. half oh. the list is going to be natural. Oh,
0: yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, I've been,
1: I've been diving in a long way into to that side of things. Look, I think for me and yeah. my drinking habits, uh, I'm fairly – traditional i I'd, I'd find a few faults sometimes in in natural winemaking i think over the past few years they've really cleaned that up and yeah I'm, i've loved the idea of low intervention yeah. uh, and having wines express that sense of place yeah uh, and sort of all the work do, being done in the vineyard and, and as far as winemaking goes it's very hands-off like i love that approach and just seeing grapes in there and grape juice in that natural style I think that um, sustainability is a big issue with with yeah. natural winemaking and I think that's sort of um, broadened up everyone's mind or opened up everyone's mind as far as, you know, what we're doing in the vineyard and being a bit more responsible to the planet and yeah. I think that's part of um, the natural winemaking movement. Um I, I've got to be honest with you. There's a, a wine in Italy called Radicon. It is amazing. It's natural and delicious. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I love that wine. It's it's really good. And for me, I, I think it's it's nothing that I'd fill my cellar with, and, and I don't think they have a very long long life yeah. anyway. But uh, I think it's interesting to drink something a little bit different every once in a while.
0: Do you have them by the glass in any of the venues? Uh,
1: at Estelle we do. Oh. Um, there's a couple up that way. I think that yeah. north side there, they're sort yes. of happy to break out of that traditional. Yeah. Um sort of a mold. But um at Matilda not not really. We yeah. don't really have any
0: so, like, this is the thing with me with natural wine. I would never just go out and buy a natural wine because for, I just see too much risk. <laughs> <laughs> but in restaurants, I think that is the number one place that I, like, I love getting it by the glass because if it's not great, at least I only got a glass.
1: Exactly. That's, that's a great way to do it, <laughs> isn't it?
0: Yeah. All right. So, the last thing I wanted to ask you is what is something that you wish everyone knew coming in to venues?
1: I think... If you just know that wine is just a fun, exciting thing that everyone yeah. enjoys and and the sort of taking that stuffy old-school element out of it, yeah. um, I think if people could approach dining in that regard, that would be the best thing. And, and don't be afraid to talk price with with whoever you're talking to about wine if you if you only want to spend a little bit just spend a little bit yeah. we don't mind nobody minds. no one's
0: judging you <laughs> yeah exactly like and
1: if you want to spend spend up because you're celebrating then yeah. then talk about it it's it's a little bit of a taboo subject i think it's talking about price but yeah i, I highly encourage people just to, to really try and say what they want um no one no one judges yeah um, i don't think that's a thing anymore and, and if you if you don't want to talk about it you, you don't have to yeah um but you know I remember probably the, one of the best experiences I had before I started learning about wine was that I walked into the Melbourne Wine Room and I spoke to a guy named Jay Nong who was just working in behind there who's a winemaker now. But he took about two minutes to talk to me about this bottle of wine. Yeah. And to this day, I remember it really, really well. And it was one of the better experiences I've had. So I've always tried to emulate that sort of service and, and to read tables well and to have a chat when they want to and when they don't sort of just you know, present the wine and walk away.
0: That is awesome and I think that's something everyone can take away with this. Well, we're almost done but we have had a question sent in specifically to ask you. Uh, This one comes from Rachel and she asks, do you ever cringe when someone orders a food that doesn't go with their wine?
1: No, I think having something ordered, if you you want to just drink something delicious and the food just doesn't match, that's fine.
0: Yeah, do you think it makes a big difference to their dining experience?
1: It can for some diners, uh, and if, if people don't care about it, then that's their dining experience, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, I I just think um, those old rules are gone. Especially when we look at food pairings and things like that, we we sort of throw the rule book out the window too. And obviously we're not looking for things that clash. We we are looking for things that work really well. But, you know, the old thing about, you know, drinking white wine with with fish and red wine with meat, you know, we can throw those rules out for sure. All
0: right. Well, I've got one last question on the back of that then. What is the craziest food pairing that you think actually really works?
1: Um. I know Meg would hate me for this. Oh, I can't wait. Pinot with fish.
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially,
1: especially barramundi. Oh. Uh, I think that earthiness and in, yeah, in yeah. the fish really plays really well with pinot.
0: All right. Sorry, well. Meg. I think I'm going to have to sit down and make this myself and put that to the test. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll create the verdicts on this one. Also, well, that's all that we have time for. Thank you so, so much for joining us. But actually, before we finish up, I might do a shout-out because we have a promotion going at the moment, Rob Dillon Wines. Yeah. We do have uh, wines in Pickett Group restaurants at the moment, and there's a competition on Instagram where you can win uh, a meal at one of these beautiful restaurants. Actually, do you want to let do it quick rundown of maybe the top few restaurants.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're sitting at Matilda at the moment in South Yarra. Um, Really food sort of structured around smoke and fire and and native ingredients. Mm. Uh, Chancery Lane is one we just opened up in the city, so more French-focused. And Estelle in Northcote, um, for everyone who's Northside, uh, traditional modern Australian. And we've also got Long Grain in the city. Yeah, Uh, We took that over during COVID. So yeah, really popular with uh, a lot of people in Melbourne.
0: That's awesome. So if you love the sound of those, and they're, they're quite iconic name. You can have the chance for you and a friend to um, have a beautiful dinner at one of these places with the Rob Dolan uh, Pickett Wines. So, Get onto any of the Instagrams of any of the the venues just listed and you'll be able to have a go. Well, thank you so much for dropping in, Clint. Thank you, It's been lovely having you here and uh, it's been a nice uh, nice experience not just being picked on the whole time, which is what (laughs) makes
1: sense to (laughs) do. Well, I'm glad you've enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) We'll see you next week, but until then, enjoy your next glass of wine.
1: Hi, I'm Scott. Senior wine specials at Rob Dolan Wines. Have you ever tasted wine and cheese? Match made in heaven, right? But did you know that some go better than others? Our cheese and wine experience has been designed by our winemakers to find pairings which make both even more delicious. We also have a vegan option. Come out to our cellar door at Rob Dolan Wines to experience the fun, only 30 minutes from the Melbourne CBD.